1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Chillin' in the State House. I am Andrew Ball, one half of the Topeka Capital Journal's State House team, and I am Barbie. I am joined by Oppenheimer, my colleague Jason Alatid of. Uh, what does that make me?
2: <laughs> you could be Ken. John. <laughs> yeah.
0: I would say I'm stuck here being like Indiana Jones, and in, and oh
1: no, I want to be Indy. You can be Barbie.
0: No, I'm I'm so much unBarbie-like. Do I look like? Neither of us really look like Barbie. My long flowing locks. Yeah, that that makes you the closest with your long flowing locks.
2: I still haven't watched the Little Mermaid yet.
0: Under the Sea
2: so we got the disney reference
1: out of the yes, way yes yes we did that voice you hear the kendall of the uh, <laughs> kansas State House press corps john hannah the associated press and and jason allatid by my, my my uh your better half my better half and, and the cap journals uh, State House bureau gentlemen it's good to have you here.
0: Yes, another round of our award-winning
1: podcast. You know, John, I was talking with a listener of the podcast just today, and he talked about that he enjoys that you always bring up that we are award-winning every episode.
0: Yes, well, it's it's a fact worth noting.
1: <laughs> it's true. It.
0: How many uh, other award-winning Statehouse podcasts are there? Huh? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Don't go out and find an answer to that. <laughs> People. Yeah, we don't want to
0: start one of those, one of those uh, conflicts like the East Coast West Coast rap battles and stuff like that. We're trying to avoid that. that
1: was not a, that was not an analogy I was going to go for, but well, I, I'm trying to be hip, you know gentlemen today is a momentous day we have something to talk about that is not senate bill 180
0: should we dispense with senate bill our senate bill 180 news and then get to the not senate bill 180 news
2: we we, we promise we'll keep it brief yeah Yeah. do not change the dial
1: basically well basically the news is senate bill 180 we've talked about it before definitions of sex and state law disagreements of how that implicates gender marker changes on driver's licenses and birth certificates. And the driver's license change at the state level, case at the state level, uh, where the attorney general has sued uh that is going to be kind of in a holding pattern for a little bit while we get the various issues uh briefed and argued in hearings right john
0: right um the the key thing if you had wanted to get your the the uh, gender marker the sex listing on your driver's license changed is the state has prohibited from doing that at least until November 1st. That was an agreement of all the parties in the case to keep uh, a previous restraining order in place until there's a hearing on November the 1st, whether that order will remain in place longer than that ahead of a trial. That hearing is expected to be much like a trial um, and could in fact turn into really the trial. Um, ahead of that there will be a hearing on august the 16th to determine whether five transgender individuals can intervene Uh, and that's interesting because the lawsuit is actually between the attorney general's office and the department of revenue so there are no parties in it now who are transgender individuals the people arguably most affected by however this turns out and um, and so that will be an interesting thing to watch. But in terms of an actual practical change for somebody seeking a change in the uh, sex marker on their driver's sex or gender, mar- gender marker or sex listing on their driver's license, um, it's, it's going to be at least November the 1st. And that suggests that this might it, there's a possibility that this might not be resolved in district court before the end of the year.
2: So well, if you're tired of the daily or near daily coverage, it might become slightly less frequent between now and November first. But but there will still be some stories and uh, Yeah, I mean still important issues, yeah, yeah. but probably less yeah. regular. Yeah, stay with us at CJ Online for updates and John at apnews.com. hmm uh, yeah. Well, let's stay in the
1: courts, but let's move over to Kansas City, Kansas in the federal courts. Yes. Uh, it was uh, a bit of a mixed bag this week for the Kansas Highway Patrol. I think that's really where we're going to spend the bulk of the rest of this podcast is with the Highway Patrol. Um, let's start, guys, with the ruling that we got today from District Court Judge Friday, uh, District Court Judge Catherine Vradel, and that is in the Kansas, the so-called Rattle. Kansas Rattle. Rattle, yes.
2: Yeah. My apologies to the honorable. Uh, you you are learning along with us, dear listener. Unless you already knew, and then give yourself a pat on the back. Um, yes. Anyway,
1: Judge Frattle. Yeah, a, a pretty scathing uh, opinion in the case of the so-called Kansas Two Step. And in the the Kansas Two Step is actually kind of part of a broader suite of what the ACLU and numerous motorists have objected as uh, found a, a objectionable and. The highway patrol's vehicle stop policies and argued was unconstitutional.
0: Well, and and the 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 Kansas two-step was a situation, a, a practice, where a trooper stops a motorist for a minor traffic infraction. And Judge Frattle noted that there are hundreds, if not maybe even thousands, of things on the books that a person could violate. They stop they deal with the traffic infraction, they give a ticket or a warning, and then they, you know, say essentially something uh, non-committal like, have a nice day, and then they start to walk away, and then it's like, you know, the classic detective show Columbo, they stop and go back to re-engage, you know, like Columbo was known for turning around and saying, oh, just one more thing. Um, And the idea is, the purpose of that is to re-engage the motorist and get some more information and hope to find a reasonable suspicion of, in this case, generally, it's a drug crime, illegal possession of drugs, trafficking, that sort of thing, because what the judge found was that Uh, disproportionately the highway patrol was stopping vehicles from out of state and one of the factors that played into the stops was that were the the travel plans of the motorists even though the patrol explicitly said it did not have a policy of just viewing an out-of-state license tag as A reason for a stop. And uh, this is, of course, getting more attention because Colorado uh, legalized recreational marijuana nearly a decade ago. Missouri just did it. Oklahoma has medical marijuana. So, you know, this was a way for them to stop and look for marijuana which is illegal in kansas
1: well and the judge's point was you know if we're using whether or not you're going to or from a a drug source or a drug destination by that logic it's basically impossible to be traveling on a kansas interstate and not going to or from right
0: especially if you're driving i-70 and this is this is you know i-70 is viewed as a drug corridor because people use it and and i i i think it's worth uh reading from the opinion itself because it's unusually um, and I'll try to give it the sarcastic inflection it deserves. <laughs> but um, Judge Frattle says that the patrol has waged war on motorists. As wars go, this one is relatively easy. It's simple and cheap, and for the motorists, it's not a fair fight. The war is basically a question of numbers. Stop enough cars and you're bound to discover drugs. And what's the harm if a few constitutional rights are trampled
1: along the way? Well, and Jason, this is kind of an interesting lawsuit in that it was not brought against the Kansas Highway Patrol as an agency, right?
2: Right. I mean, well, we had two cases previously against individual troopers mm-hmm. uh both of whom the courts found uh, violated the constitutional rights of the plaintiffs. Uh, But this one was against superintendent, now former superintendent, Herman Jones. And it
1: it was really interesting covering this trial because superintendent Jones, uh, who left office last month, took the stand. It actually was kind of one of his last big things that he did publicly as superintendent and, Kind of tried to offer a defense of these policies. Uh, clearly, the judge was not persuaded, and I, I have to say, John. I mean, you—you, you, I imagine, read the whole yeah, ruling. This is, it is one of the stronger rulings I have ever seen in terms of language. From literally the first sentence of the ruling. Well, and
0: that section I read is not even a full page into the opinion, and. I mean, she, the judge went into some detail about each of the stops and the tactics and really, um, really hammered the patrol on especially the idea that in a lot of these cases that they had a, 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 a pretext for doing a search or, or you know, a factor for stopping these drivers. She says at one point in the opinion that... Um, that the reasons they give to justify as using as a factor in a stop travel plans other things like in one point they they pointed to how the rental car somebody was driving was fairly expensive and she said in in she said in most of the things they have cited are so common they could apply to thousands of drivers, and essentially, they're, they're meaningless distinctions in terms of whether somebody is likely to have
2: illegal drugs. And maybe as an indicator of uh, just how seriously the judge took this and, and how big of a problem she saw this, she didn't just order the Highway Patrol to stop doing it. She has a show cause order. Uh, so we'll, the parties will be back in court. Uh, in a couple weeks
0: and and a show cause order is essentially an order that says i plan to do this but before i do it i'm going to give you a reason i'm going to give you a chance to tell me why i shouldn't and the the injunction she intends to issue unless they come up with proposals to modify it that she adopts is quite sweeping it's four pages long yeah and you know they would the the troopers the individual trooper on the ground would have to affirmatively tell a motorist you before doing a search if they say we want to search your car now they are going to have to say but you don't have to allow it and one of the things she said was that the highway patrol has been in her words happy to take advantage of motorist's lack of knowledge about their legal rights and you know if a motorist doesn't know that he or she doesn't have to consent to a search and allows it you know that the patrol she argued is treating that as consensual and it's it's a situation where the motorist feels the authority of the patrol as probably nervous just from the get-go and is inclined to say, okay, oh my, the trooper is saying I probably need to do this, so maybe I should. And her argument, you know, she said the troopers are trained as they're walking away or ending the traffic stop not to say you're free to go. They say things like, have a nice day, take care, have a good trip, but they don't explicitly tell the motorists that they're free to go. And that, in theory, allows them to extend the stop so that they can take time to hunt for something, some piece of information that gives them the standard is reasonable suspicion that there a, a crime may have been committed. And she... She concluded that that just violates people's Fourth Amendment rights, and that's the one that protects people from unreasonable law enforcement
1: searches and seizures.
2: Andrew, what about the special master? Yeah, Yeah, that is interesting.
1: And that's another sign of the seriousness, that in order to monitor compliance with a pretty sweeping injunction, there could be a special master appointed to audit to compliance. audit and ensure that the highway patrol is following it because there are things in there like for instance better documentation of traffic stops and i'll take a second to promote the cap journal's reporting on this we found that even though the highway patrol said they implemented a new procedure for tracking vehicle stops that don't lead to an arrest last year, they rarely use the form, even though they're conducting a significant number of these stops every day.
0: Well, and and Judge Rattle said, even when they're collecting the information, they're not using it to look at whether they're stopping a disproportionate number of out-of-state motorists. And the, there was evidence from an expert for the people suing that, the, that there was a significant gap there, that, that it was 70% higher on the out of state side. Um, so yeah, this is a, this is a pretty
1: significant and pretty tough ruling for a state agency. Well, and it comes at a really important juncture for the highway patrol and Jason, I know you covered the Acting Superintendent Eric Smith, when he was in the Statehouse earlier this week, what was he having to say about new leadership? And did he talk about this case at all?
2: All So Wednesday, the Senate Confirmation Oversight Committee had roughly two dozen appointments and reappointments from the governor to go through. Uh, Acting Superintendent Eric Smith was one of them. Uh, He gave a little bit about himself. Uh, the committee uh, all uh, talked about his various hometowns and which representatives and senators' districts he lived in. And uh, then they they didn't ask about this case, but they did ask him about uh, morale and recruitment and retention, class sizes, uh, and... Uh, the superintendent said that morale is something that he hears about a lot at the agency. Uh, his He said that communication needs to be better, needs to be from, uh, they need to set more of a top-down expectation, but also need he expects that if there are issues at within the rank and file that need to be raised to him, then he expects to find out about it. And he also expects uh, discipline to be more straightforward. He described it, I believe, as hard on problems, soft on people. He said that if there's a problem, they need to take care of it. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it should end somebody's career. Uh, And he said that on the retention side, morale is uh, a big piece of it because people don't want to work for an agency. Uh, that has bad morale and i mean that that's a little bit of a change of tune from this past session uh when the highway patrol was talking about uh difficulties recruiting and retaining troopers uh they said pay was part of the problem they said uh that the overall perspective of the public toward law enforcement especially since uh, George Floyd's murder in 2020, uh, that those have all played into it and kind of tried to downplay uh, the morale side, which uh, a different piece of news from Wednesday has kind of played into.
1: Yeah, so the the somewhat better news for the Highway Patrol, I suppose, is in a separate case, and this gets at some of the morale in the agency, uh the former superintendent Herman Jones was uh, in the state, were sued by uh, several female staff and female troopers, current and former, who alleged he created a hostile work environment. He sexually harassed them. He uh, had some instances where he maybe touched people inappropriately, said some off color things allegedly. And the federal judge in that case, uh, in in an order of summary judgment, ruled in favor of the state, ruled in favor of uh, the former superintendent, basically not necessarily rendering a uh, verdict on whether he did those things up or down necessarily, but said either the superintendent and his colleagues who were also named in the lawsuit have qualified immunity, they can't be sued as as public officials, uh, and, and they didn't rise to the level of of being able to dispense with that qualified immunity, or the actions involved did not constitute a hostile work environment. And this kind of brings to a close a a pretty long running uh, legal uh, drama that uh, really created a lot of headlines for the Highway Patrol. Well,
0: and and Andrew, you read that you read that decision and Mm -hmm. reported on it one of the things that struck me about it was that it it in an indirect way pointed out how difficult it can be to prove a hostile work environment and what conduct whether it's and i'm not making a judgment on the particulars of this case but what conduct that even if it's not advisable even if it's in poor it's it's it, it would it's bad in an HR sense. It, Doesn't it, it might
2: not uh, comply with a code of conduct. Right.
0: It's it's unethical. It's not. It shouldn't be allowed. It's it's bad in that sense. But in terms of legality, in terms of rising to the issue of of harassment or a hostile work environment, it it appeared from that opinion that it can be a pretty tough standard to meet.
1: Well, and we should say. Like We're not necessarily saying that the accusations against the superintendent are true or not, but it also— Well, and of course
0: we didn't have a trial, so, you know.
1: But I think it also deserves uh, repeating that this is not necessarily an exoneration of Herman Jones. This is not a judgment on whether or not he did the right thing or the wrong thing or did the things in the case. Just like you said, John, whether they rise to the level that— that constitutes a hostile work environment,
2: which is a pretty high bar. And and the judge in this case, Holly Teeter, is a woman in her 40s, so relatively young woman by uh, judicial standards, and uh, Trump appointee, and Vrattle was a Bush appointee. H.W. Bush, yes.
1: And, I mean, both were pretty clear and pretty solid in their rulings. So I think it'll be interesting to see if either of these get appealed um, to the Tenth Circuit. Yeah.
0: Um, that will be interesting to watch. It's, I mean,
1: the, the the,
0: you know, it was interesting the depth that both of the judges went into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, these it, were
1: not, brief. <laughs> the in the two-step, I mean, that was a almost
0: 80-page ruling. Yeah, she was quite detailed, in her reasoning about why, in her view, these practices were not acceptable.
1: And it will be interesting to see. I mean, Jason, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like the acting superintendent, Eric Smith, has gotten a pretty favorable reception from lawmakers. I know the uh, he was considered previously to be kbi director so clearly has some respect amongst law enforcement folks here yeah
2: yeah when the governor announced that she was going to appoint him uh, last month it seemed like it he had bipartisan support uh republican lawmakers uh supported him that they knew that uh, attorney general chris kobach had considered him for kbi director uh Nobody seems to have any issue with his credentials uh, or his personality. Uh, granted, the questions at uh, this past week's confirmation oversight hearing weren't exactly the most probing, uh, not just in Eric Smith's case, but in the case of all of the appointees. Uh, it, it was a relatively tame compared to what would be expected once session arrives lots to keep in our eye on there lots to keep our eye
1: on with the highway patrol moving forward and if you want to follow up on our coverage on that or sb-180 or really anything else uh, jason where can people find us at
2: cjonline.com
1: and we are at twitter at cjonline on facebook on instagram i think we might even have a threads now Oh well,
2: you're ahead of me. Yeah, I, I instead of getting new threads uh, for social media, I I should get some new threads for clothing. Butum, yes. And pay Jason, your waitress.
1: And Jason, if they can find more of those jokes uh, on Twitter, where where can those be <laughs> I, found? I,
2: I I hope I'm not a joke on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's at Jason underscore Alletid.
1: And I'm at Andrew Ball, B-A-H-L. John, where can they find your work? Well, on Twitter, I'm
0: at APJDHanna. And then uh, www.apnews.com. You go to the search bar and type in Kansas
1: and you can find my stuff. And if you want to listen to back episodes of Chillin in the Statehouse, and of course you do, we are the perfect summer travel companion, and we can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, anywhere. Find podcasts. Are found. That's right,
0: and there are eighty-three previous episodes to listen
1: to. So you, you'll be sick of us by the time your lots summer of road trip lots of good done.
0: Disney references, a discussion of Moink from the State Fair. All kinds of good stuff and, in And there.
2: if you missed John's performance, the, the last one is Oh, Sunday. that's right. Yeah. Uh, so by the time this comes out, the, all the performances will be done. V, but, the VFW but, Hall
0: here in Topeka, Post 1650, Huntoon and Oakley. Yes. Friday and Saturday nights at 730 and Sunday at 2.
2: But if you missed it, have a White Russian or yes. something else. Stop by and have toast. One. Toast the uh, runner-up state land fossil.
1: Yes. <laughs> Jason and I will be there uh, doing just that. So Jason, Andrew, John, Andrew, Jason. A pleasure as always. Yes. Well, I'm going to go to Fiesta Topeka. I don't know about you two.
2: I'm going to enjoy some women's soccer. The well, 2023 World Cup? Yeah, oh, that yeah, sounds interesting.
1: Right. I'm going oh, I should make it home in time for
0: that. Yeah, and I'm going to be performing. Huzzah! Break a leg, but, John. But, but
2: you're not Thanks. performing soccer or no. fiesta.
1: No. <laughs> well, gentlemen, have a and to all you as well. Have a great weekend. Though I guess this will be coming out after. I always forget that. Have a great week. Have a great weekend wherever you are. We hope
0: you had a great. Prospectively, we're doing a future past tense. Yeah, there. that's what always gets me. We hope you
1: had a great weekend. There you weekend, go. Weekend,
2: past, present, future.
1: Yes, and you know. Maybe this podcast will help you get through the week as well, or one of those white Russians at the VFW. But until next time, folks, have a good one, and we'll see you down the road.